Welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. I'm David. And I'm Matt. And uh, we're excited to be here. And as we get going, we can start with a bit of a story that uh, I heard. Just a bit of a story. Yes. Can you tell us the whole story? Oh, go on then. You push me. I'll tell you the whole story. A story I heard a little while ago. And so it was a... But there were two blokes. One guy, really big, muscly, strong, you know, big and strong, basically. Big and strong. Then you had the other guy, he was small and not strong, or not, didn't look big, didn't look strong. And uh, Wasn't he an old man? He might have even been an old man. We're telling this story now, I like this. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happens next, Matt? <laughs> There's a wood chopping competition. Yes, and the big guy was so confident that he was going to win, and they had several hours to chop as many logs as they could. And so the competition starts, and they get going, and the big guy's chopping away, chopping away. He's working really hard, he's sweating, and he looked over to the old, normal-sized guy. Happy? Yeah, very happy. Very happy. Old, normal-sized guy, and the guy was just sitting there. But his pile of logs was already bigger than the big muscly guy's pile of logs. So what's going on here? Carried on, working hard. He's working even harder than before. The big guy, he's he's putting the effort in, he's swinging an axe, he's breaking up these logs. Turns around, the guy's sitting down again, just doing nothing. And his pile of wood is still bigger than the big muscly guy. And comes the end of the competition, and uh, he's outraged. He can't believe that the old, normal-sized guy <laughs> has a bigger pile of wood than this muscly, big, strong guy who's been working non-stop for the entire time. So he goes up to the guy, he's like, he's incensed. You cheated. You must have had other people chopping wood for you when I wasn't looking. How did you do this? You, you must have cheated. That's the only possible way you could have chopped more wood than I did. Because I didn't stop and look at me. <laughs> mm. And the, the old guy, maybe he's a, a wise person as well, he said, every time you looked over and you thought I wasn't working, I was sharpening my axe. Ooh. And that's what we're talking about today. Hashtag Habit. work harder, not work harder. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that this is that's a story in line with what we're talking about today, which is the habit number seven of Stephen Covey series, sharpening the saw or the axe in this story. Yeah. Same concept. And yeah. it, it or goes, any cutting implement you happen to yeah. be using. If you have, if you want sharpen to sharpen your sharpen knife, sharpen it. Yes. Sharpen your pencil. And it goes a little bit in line with an Abraham Lincoln quote, Ooh. which is, he says, or supposedly it's attributed to him. Mm. We can't it. ask him personally. Yes, I haven't done a quote reference or whatever it on, is, on it. But uh, he said, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the axe. Ooh. So again, that's an axe. I'd probably find the first, spend the first four trying to find the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your profound wisdom there, Matt. <laughs> if you're going to cut down a tree, you know which tree you're going to cut down. Well, that does help, yes. So, <laughs> um, Stephen Covey talks about this idea, habits number seven, sharpening the axe. He talks about this idea of coming across somebody who uh, said they were too busy to sharpen their saw. 
and obviously what happens when you're working with a blunt instrument well you don't you don't cut very well mm. you sort of have a dull edge shall we say so most of us we're not in the what's the industry lumber lumber industry or tree tree felling felling lumberjacks or, yeah any we're not we're not regularly working with axes deforestation and industry yeah, well not directly them. yeah well indeed watch that people <laughs> <laughs> So what does that mean for us? What does Stephen Covey, what is he going on about here, Matt? Well, I suppose, it, yeah, he's talking about <laughs> things that help um, us to be sharp. So that would be, you know, resting and recuperating and, and refilling, recharging. I think the main word he used was renewing. Renewing. You got a lot I of rewords in there. I, you, you danced around I, that word so re, elegantly. Yeah. There's so many rewords out there. Tantalising. Revitalizing. Yes. But yes, he talks about But this his... isn't a shampoo ad, so No, exactly. <laughs> and your hair does look great, may I add. Um but yes, he talks about renewing, that really that concept of renewal or renewing in our lives. And I think he actually said there were four main areas that this falls into. Ooh. So physical. Yep. Social forward slash emotional. Okay. So that's one. Yeah. Appreciate that. Mental mm. and spiritual. Uh-huh. Those are the fourth areas, he says, we need to be vigilant in renewing. Vigilant. I like that word. It's a good word. I don't think he used that word either. Uh, I just came up with that word. That's right a good now. word. Yeah, it's a good be word. vigilant people. Be vigilant people. In renewing yourselves. And he actually said you have to be proactive because none of these areas, and we can maybe go into each of those areas and give examples of what that looks like, but none of them fall into what he would say are quadrant one activities. Yeah, they're all quadrant two activities until they become quadrant one activities. Yeah, until you have the heart attack. Yeah, so for example, physical, he obviously talks about exercise. He said, well, most people, or lots of people say, oh, I don't have the time to exercise. I'm too busy to exercise. It's obviously an important thing, but it's not urgent until it is urgent. And you, uh, you start breaking down and your health falls, falls apart. Then it becomes an important, urgent thing. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, so I suppose it would be don't wait until your axe is falling apart to sharpen it. Yeah, so it's it's being it's that important non-urgent thing. These are all of all of these are important non-urgent things, yeah. but they're about renewing that allow you to show up in the rest of your life in a more whole way. Mm. He actually said as well towards the end, and maybe we we we're coming at that sideways, but it you can't just do one or two or three it, there has to be a balance between all four of them that you're renewing in balance across the board because otherwise overemphasizing one at the expense of the others or not emphasizing any of them is is problematic interesting in i wonder if that ties into the the four wells mm. thing that you've spoken about before mm-hmm. um which would be these four physical social emotional mental and spiritual mm-hmm. and just they're not if you think about it, there's four tanks or four wells, they're not joined at the top. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to top that one up. They're joined at the bottom. So if one's empty, all of the levels are going to be dropped. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So do we, do we want to talk about some of these different levels? And Yeah, let's go for it. And maybe see if you have some examples from your life. So I was, what I was going to say, which, David, do you find the most challenging right, of those challenging. To, to find renewal in? Well, maybe as we go through... It's about, as well, defining it. 
before we sort of moved, uh, so it was challenging. Yes. But probably... Should we do a couple of minute segment, David defines? We could do. do I mean, he, do, doesn't, do, 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 he doesn't really define hey. them that well in my mind. But he basically gives examples. So it's a bit, a bit of a graph. It's like physical, that's exercise, nutrition, and stress management. Uh-huh. Interestingly, he put that in physical. Well, um, I would have put sleep in there as well. Well, yes, I suppose that is true. Uh, <laughs> then the social emotional, he actually talked about service and empathy and synergy, which is obviously the previous habit. Mental, he talked about reading and visualizing, planning and writing. And uh, spiritual, he talked about value clarification, clarification, commitment to those, uh, study and meditation. Okay. So maybe not how we would have defined those spaces. No, it's interesting. Some different things in there. Um, Great. Well, that's how he defined them. Yes. Um, I suppose for me, the mental one is probably the easiest. And the thing he talks about is many of us, we leave school and we leave formal education and we stop learning. And actually that idea of mental renewal and learning and continuing, continuing to develop with good quality reading and writing and planning really makes a difference. And that's probably something I do quite well. Physical, I probably do quite well as well. So by yeah, process of I elimination. Say, uh, yeah, I would say you're definitely one of the people that is most intentional on both of those areas that I know, hmm. um, both the physical and the, the mental learning, um, almost giving yourself a personal curriculum. These are the things I want to learn and grow in and the the writing as well. It's not just a case of taking in information. It's a case of then um, collating and there's another good word in terms of connecting everything together. And then creating. Yeah. Um, well, because at the beginning collating, of the year... Collecting and creating. Something like that. Connecting, yeah, that's good. But yes, uh, you know this, but at the beginning of the year, 2022, I sat down and instead of writing, here's the books I want to read, I went, here's some topics I want to read about. Yes. And then I chose four or five books in those areas. So I said, like, oh, here's a four or five coaching books I want to read. Here are four or five books I want to read about writing. Yeah. Here are some, you know, and so here are a couple of business books I want to read. And obviously I have the fiction, which I was less... Just for whatever you, know, you want to. Whatever. Whatever. Basically, yeah. fiction is fun. It's relaxing. It's fiction enjoyable. Fun. But uh, yeah, when it came to the non-fiction stuff, I very much went, I don't want to be so scattered in it. Yeah. Here's some areas I want to learn and here's yeah. some books that are going to get me there. And it focuses the whole thing and it keeps you on track. And it does. And I find it renewing that maybe that's a bit about who I am and a bit of my personality. But I think everyone finds growing and learning if they really step into it. That that is something that is good for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've dabbled in that a little bit. I've uh, not necessarily done it quite as intentionally yet. But I'm getting there. You know, I've got two years to catch up on you. Um, <laughs> as not that you know, we're racing. Not that we're racing, and I'm also just, you know, never going to actually catch up, hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm not quite there yet with the reading and the sort of making that reading around the topic. It can very much be like, oh, I've read a few on that. Oh, great. Oh, that book looks good. I'll read that now. And so, yeah, getting there. But mm. That's one thing. And it's not the only thing. I like the fact that, as you said, you're... It's it's a creation as well. You're writing. Uh, the only thing I really write is 
journaling or maybe some thoughts about what I've read. But you're actually then um, putting that together and synthesizing your own thoughts and blogs and newsletters and yeah every and week a blog post comes out tuesday eight thirty. we're allowed to talk about the other writing project sort of i mean it's, it's i'll be honest it's taken a bit of a hiatus in the last month or so when i was ill and then injured and then distracted sure you know you're writing a book as well so yes. that's pretty exciting it is exciting watch this space yeah for a while keep watching never take your eyes off it right, anyway <laughs> Yes. So, and like you said, I think there is something that happens when you take all the things you've been engaging with in the world, whether that is formal reading or life or observations that you make, and wrestle it into your own words. It suddenly makes more sense. It gives you so much more clarity in your own thinking as well as in your own communication. Mm. Great. I like that. So the, the social and the emotional one, I find it interesting that he puts them together. I've talked about that in various spaces about, you know, some people would separate that. You have your social, you know, health or where area and then your emotional health is separate. But undoubtedly, and to me it makes sense that they are in the same space. Because if I asked you how you are in your emotions, if your relationships, your social, if they are well, there's a pretty good chance you're well. Yeah, something else would have had to be pretty bad yeah. to draw your emotions down. Whereas if your intention in conflict, in a disagreement... Or even it, absent. Absent. Don't have relationships. In your relationship, your emotional is not well. Yeah, and I think it they're, can't they're, be well. Yeah, it can't be. It just isn't. And yeah. so I think those two things... Firstly, I like that he put them together. I think that's probably where I got the idea originally without realising it. Mm. But yeah, I've often said they're so closely interlinked as to almost be indistinguishable. Interesting. So that was that was the first observation. He doesn't really talk about that. He just sort of puts it there. But one of the things he put in there was service. And he talks about mm. this idea that service is the way you renew in these spaces in giving, in volunteering, in, in serving other people, in oftentimes in something bigger than yourself, he actually talked about, and he quoted loads of people, all of whom I didn't know, uh, apart from one really long quote by George Bernard Shaw, which mm. was long, so I didn't remember it. But yeah, this idea of, of service, service to other people being something that renews us. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's something, there's a thought. I've heard it said. Something like, um, <laughs> when you... It's something like, if you do something nice for someone else, you feel better about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure every one of us can have a, an experience of where you have done something, um, not out of any self-seeking motive but just a, oh, I'd really like to do that nice thing for that person mm. um, and in the doing of it it's you feel better mm -hmm. um, I suppose the only time that might backfire is if you think you're doing something nice for them and they respond really badly because it actually wasn't something they wanted and then <laughs> you've got the conflict but either way that service yes oh they, I know they talk about it um, for example um, Samaritans mm -hmm. I was reading something there the um, in the UK, you can phone them up and it's kind of a, I'm feeling low or maybe even, you know, suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. You just need someone to talk to. 
So they're a call line that you can call to. And I, I saw something from um, someone that had been volunteering there for a while and they were like, you know, I didn't realise how beneficial doing this would be for me. You know, I'm here just being available and obviously I did some training on how to be a good listener and how to um, have those good conversations. But I'm, I know that I'm having a positive impact on these people and that has made a huge impact on my own sort of um, well-being, my own mental um, health and my own feeling of I'm serving, I'm contributing. Mm-hmm. And I think at core, that's it, isn't it? We all want to... Um, the, that, that that's why it's so interesting that it links together with the social and the emotional we all want to know that yeah we, ultimately there are people that care for us and love us mm. but we also we all want to know that we're doing something that's positive and contributing somehow to someone else's life mm. um, because we want to be part of something bigger mm. uh, and if those two things are in place I think that makes a huge difference to just how we how we interpret other aspects of our life mm a difficult day if you've got people around you and you you're working and striving towards something good it can be a uh, you know that was hard or maybe that was a rubbish thing but it doesn't carry the same weight of if i've got tension or i don't feel like i'm part of anything bigger or i don't feel like i've got any of those relationships a difficult day or a difficult occurrence can basically send a message home that it just goes to show you're not really there's no meaning to what you're doing. Your life is—you're a nobody, you know, or anything along those lines. Um, and I personally can tell when I am getting disconnected. Certainly, the last few years, when you know, now I'm working from home a lot. I have to be intentional about getting out, making sure I'm seeing people, because otherwise, I can easily get isolated. Working in an office on my own, and when you hit a bad day, that speaks all the louder. Because it, yeah, and I, I sometimes I need to be better. at passing out what are those negative thoughts that come in that basically go oh i'm believing yeah maybe at the moment i'm a bit listless a bit purposeless a bit whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah i can see how that would make a massive difference definitely yes so social and emotional an important area it's very interesting that the service aspect is a part of that but i mm-hmm. think we've all experienced that in our life when in our lives when we've given we feel better in ourselves, yeah. as well as there being a, a buffer that comes through social connection, especially social connection where people genuinely care about us, are for us, want to listen and engage with us. So, yeah. Um, that, that can be an interesting one, obviously, the social aspect, because you are requiring to other people are um, involved in that. So with the mental one, mm. there is a very, you know, if you're super introverted, you could just go and study and write and do stuff on your own and be pretty isolated doing that and be happy. You could still necessarily be re- renewed in that. Even with the physical, you know, you can exercise and rest and, and do things on your own. You don't need it. But the, the emotional requires a social and that means other people involved. And that's probably where, well, we're in an in increasingly individualistic society as it's on the track for the last 50 years or 100 mm. years it's difficult because i you know we want to be able to have our cake and eat it in the sense of i want to be able to be completely flexible in what i agree to or don't agree to in commitments um, but i also want other people to be there when i need them mm-hmm. um, but if i you know if we all are playing this game of oh, i don't really want to be tied down to stuff and I, um, when i it's not it doesn't suit me 
then that means someone on the other end of I need you right now isn't getting that. Mm. Um, and that all comes around. And so we all need to be a little bit more uh, maybe just going, okay, who is there that needs me right now? And mm-hmm. that can play a part of the service thing. Like, you know, mm. it's not about necessarily fulfilling my needs. It's about being part of something bigger than them. And lo and behold, because of the way this world is, and it's, you will probably feel a little bit of some of that goodness returns to you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. So, I'm sure most of you guys that are listening, you'll realise or remember that it was a couple of episodes ago we talked about rest, how do we find rest, different forms of rest. And this idea of renewal and sharpening the saw is related in some ways. Mm. It's a cousin. Now, what's interesting is that on what I think one of the things we talked about is sometimes rest is doing nothing, but sometimes rest is doing something that brings you joy yeah and it's interesting that a lot of these are actually maybe it's arduous joy or you know an arduous reward mm. but they are doing things yeah they're not always in themselves joyful but actually they are good for us and they bring us some progress they renew us in a different way than just sitting and doing nothing yeah that the renewing isn't you don't you never renewed by sitting down watching the tv or slobbing about or you know whatever that's interesting (laughs) but actually you're renewed by being uh, investing in the physical the social emotional the mental and we haven't really talked about the spiritual but for stephen covey he said and it talked about value for clarification and for him those came from the bible that was really significant for him Mm. that in in engaging with that reading that meditating on that that allowed him to align his values and principles around something that was really vital and really important that then allows him to to move forward yeah and with all of these he basically says they all really require habit one be proactive yeah you have you to be that, proactive. Right? You don't accidentally exercise. You don't accidentally eat right. You don't accidentally, you know, fall into really good relationships. You don't, you yeah. know, none of these things happen accidentally. They all require habit one, which is why I really like this system where actually they are in order. They build on one another. You can't jump to habit five or six or seven without having the, the habit one, two and three. Not well anyway. And so you have to be proactive. But when you are, and in these areas, he just talks about this final thing, you have the upward spiral. When you do these things, you spiral up in in your beliefs, in how you feel about yourself, in in your confidence, but in your health, in, in these areas, they allow you to spiral upwards. And isn't that really what we want in our lives, to have this sense of progress where we're we're moving up and forward? Uh, So yeah, absolutely. I like that word about it's not just about not doing anything and this is different from rest because the habit is sharpen the saw not take a break <laughs> you know so he the guy in the story at the beginning he isn't just sat down resting he's sat down working he's sharpening the saw sharpening a saw does take effort and it takes you know care uh, uh, but it's working different muscles and it's mm-hmm. it's you know so as you said it there's that arduousness to these things that recharge us and renew us Mm. and the the intention required uh, and the the self-discipline 
the the self discipline to go actually the thing I need to do now is sharpen this because I can steep I can keep hitting at these pieces of wood, but all that's going to do is require more effort and then I'm going to break down quicker. So yeah, what are the things? What are the few things I need to do with intention in each of these spaces that could make a real difference? Um, and start small, you know, atomic habits. Let's go with the two-minute rule. If it takes longer than two minutes, then you're doing it too long. If that's something that you're implementing, if it's something that you're maybe reintegrating or something you do, but you want to be, do a bit more intention, yeah, take it a bit further. But and if you're not sure what to do, buy the book and read the book. Yeah, <laughs> the Seven Habits of Highly Effective. It's a great book. It's a really good start. It's very helpful. It's very valuable. Um, it's not the only book out there. It, it isn't something that. Um, will solve everything but actually it's a really good framework that will help you move forward and, and worth having in your mind and, and how you approach different things absolutely so how do you sharpen your saw we'd love to hear what, what you thought about this episode absolutely. what are the things you do to keep yourself sharp until next week thank you for coming make it count <laughs>